Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999. Did I pie, did I just, pop my pee just, a little yeah, bit? Yeah, you were. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it's 1999. Oh, 19- my God. That's not really Mr. Movie Phone, though. I am one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. I'm Phil Isco. The other host of the this podcast. Of this podcast yeah. Where we talk about the movies of 1999 from our purchase here in 2017. And today we are talking about, well, we're talking about <laughs> – I, I oh let me, let me, are you already throwing shade at this movie? No, 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 and that's not really what I want to do. I want to, okay. I, I want to set up the conversation in in, in a particular way. Okay, because I, I have a take too that I feel is we might have a similar take on this. My program. take is not even it's a, it's a way to way yeah, to yeah, kind of yeah. organize the conversation. Yeah, I, I think mm, in okay. basically for most of these movies, what I tr- well, first of all we're covering Deep Blue Sea. You didn't even say what the movie. What's was. that movie? Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. Is the I movie watched we're Lake Placid, today. unfortunately. Oh, so I'll be covering awkward. Lake Placid, and you'll be covering. Uh, I the movie is Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> I wish you could see Kenny's face right now. He's very pleased with himself about this. Well, joke. it's it's deep, first thing about Deep Blue Sea. It's one of several twins in 1999. There's Lake Placid and Deep Blue Sea. I mean, similar sea monster movies. Sure. In I don't really think water. they're that similar. Quite frankly, I've actually never seen the other one. Um, the Haunting and The House on Haunted Hills, as I have. Have you met, seen either of those movies? God no, and I probably wouldn't even so watch them when we this do. This argument's it. flawed if you haven't seen and these then, freaking movies. Um, yeah, but everyone else thinks these are twin, you, twinish you just, movies. You literally drew a line between two movies that have haunting in the title yeah but everyone did in 1999 everyone's like oh my god look at this year we have the haunted the house on haunted hills coming out and then uh two julie roberts romantic comedies Sure. Which are nothing like each other again. A, I know this is a rickety but, organizing mm, principle you've got going on. Right, right well, now. we'll move past the twin argument, but like honestly, <laughs> just this, and, it, humanity goes about twenty three years without making a shark movie. And I understand like Blast is not a shark movie, but that making a real like sea creature with teeth movie, and then they make two in the same year. Okay, the point I want to make about this movie <laughs> is. The other movies yeah. we've done, yes. I think there's a pretty well and most movies from 1999, most movies that are a decade or longer mm-hmm. old, I think there's a pretty well-established conventional wisdom on those movies. 
And, okay. And when I and, – and that's a lot of what we're doing here. A lot of what we're doing is looking at the conventional wisdom about a movie, analyzing whether or not it's correct, you know, kind of um, reappraising it from our purchase here in 2017. My question with this movie – Yes. What is the conventional wisdom on this movie? Because I have three – What do you mean what is the conventional – as to uh, like why it got – no, no, Greenlit? no. No, conventional wisdom from from 2017. What is the conventional wisdom on this movie? What is the what is the the prevailing thought about this movie? For instance, Ripley, the prevailing today? thought is like how is this movie viewed, viewed today? today? Okay, that that I understand. Sorry, I'm just, I'm, I'm... So no, it's yeah, you had a busy day, and I was not... and <laughs> all right, I'm 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 also trying to sort of give us some stuff here. So. No, I know. So so I think that the conventional wisdom of this movie today, truthfully, is that this movie is aged very well. I think that when it came out, it was kind of a shrug. We'll talk a little bit about mm-hmm. you know that, but I think this movie's actually aged very well. And and we mentioned in the in the sort of the button of our last episode, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about this movie. But this is a movie that I feel like a lot of friends I had or have from that time that went to either see it with me or it's just aged well. Even writers, like I find a lot of genre writers love this movie. So and, and I would just, you know. I would say that is one school of thought on this movie. <laughs> okay, uh, and I'm not saying what no, my no, school no. of thought is where, where I stand now, but what I've read. So there's basically yeah. that the yes. idea that yes. the idea that it's a good movie essentially. Yeah. Yeah, there's there, a great Wired article that I that I'm sure you read. Yes, and there's also the idea mm-hmm. that and, and, and I think the I think the, it's not so much that it's like a great movie. It's more that it's like kind of sneakily brilliant, right? It's kind yeah, of yeah, like exactly, exactly. It's not that it's like the greatest movie of people. Like, no, no, this is a great movie. Yeah, people slept on this movie. I think that's correct. The other one of the other two schools of thought is um, that is a bad movie, which you which you see a lot. And then when I read several times, which I really want to get your opinion on, mm-hmm. is this movie so bad it's good? Because there are, because I I've read that stuff several times. Well, people. I think that there are, and listen, we'll get into all of this. In a second, but I do think that the the two glaring bad things in this movie are arguably the two central performances. I think that Thomas Jane and Saffron Burroughs are are not really very well cast in this movie, and I think that because of that, this movie has sort of a a odor about it, if you will. That I think, I mean, listen, I, I think that that Rennie Harlan went out of his way to make a expensive B movie. And he was successful at that. I think that he made a movie that was full of more surprises than I think anybody expected. I mean, I certainly went to this movie being like, it's a fucking shark movie with like Sam Jackson and LL Cool J. Like, okay. Like, I'm, I'm in, but like, that's what I expected it to be. And I was surprised by how well made it was. And for the time, which of course, still, you, still well, think it's very well made. Okay. I, and I, And I think that. Yeah, it was. It was. I was like, "Fuck, this movie's actually." I mean, I bought this movie on DVD. I, I listened to Rennie Harlan's commentary in 1999. I mean, I, I I thought this movie was a legitimately like solid action, like R-rated action movie. And by and and to your point earlier, there are very few shark movies that have been made. Period. But most of them stay away from it because Jaws is Jaws. It's basically as far as big shark movies. Yeah. Jaws. This. The Shallows. That's the list. Well, that's okay. I mean, that's. I mean, and then you get the the fake ones, but those also have to be discussed because the Sharknados. I would argue that, and I'm not the only one. This isn't really me, but all right. So let's okay. 
let's take let's, a second. Let's, let's take a breath. Let's put, we, a, we've let's kind put of, a pin in. All right, I agree. Let's, let, we, let's we, put we a pin into this. Let's put a pin into this. But I do think that this is the the conversation to have about this movie at the end <clears throat> when we're talking about the legacy of this movie. I don't but disagree with let's that. Let's do it. Let's do a little let's bit do of, it. let's do a little context here. All okay? right. The movie came out July 28th, 1999. Uh came out the same weekend as Runaway Bride. So, you definitely had some some uh counter programming. Counter programming in right. that. Uh it I do believe that it uh that it lost to Runaway Bride in terms of that weekend that it came out. Runaway Bride was a Massive success. Runaway Bride was a mass, massive success. Actually, little little known fact, you'll be happy to know this. So uh, the opening weekend uh, – oh, shit. Hold on. Sorry. I, I fucked this up. I think I fucked this up. Yeah, I might have fucked this up. Um, anyway. They can hear it, you even when you talk stuff. No. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, uh, it opened – actually, I'm sorry. It opened – in its opening weekend, uh, it opened fifth. Uh, the number one movie that weekend was Sixth Sense. Well, then Blair Witch, then One Way Bride, then Thomas Crown Affair, then Deep Blue Sea. So it, it was it was a rough weekend. But weirdly, that's outside of One Way Bride, nothing to be embarrassed about it. there. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. But either way, uh, the movie opens that weekend, and it op- it had an eighty two million dollar budget mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety nine, which equals about one hundred twenty million today, mm-hmm. which is kind of insane when you think about it. You know, I, I often say they put it all on the screen. They did. Not sure about this I one. I think you're absolutely, you're absolutely Not wrong. Not sure about this one. You're wrong. Uh, it only made 73 domestic, 91 overseas. It was not a flop by any means, but it was also like so-so at the box office. Yeah, I think, I think it that's did a, well. That's, 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 a, that's a – I mean, listen, Warner Brothers, I'm sure, looked at that as a success. But, you know, they didn't make more of them. You know, I mean, they didn't do anything with it. There's, there's a story there too, but the mm-hmm. – this is a massive – in my opinion, this is a massive success considering – It'd be a massive. Just I know I I know, but considering Rennie Harlan comes off of the biggest flop of all time at that point, Cutthroat Island, says to you said Warner Brothers says to Warner Brothers, I want to make an eighty million dollar Shark B movie that maybe tongue in cheek may not wink at the audience. I'm not sure. Let's talk about it. And it goes on to double its budget. Everybody should be should be no sure sure applauding sure. And I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is this didn't for a rated R movie. That's yeah. a that's a solid number for a rated R movie, especially back then. I mean, this is the, the the bigger sort of argument, not even argument. The discussion I want to have with you is about how this movie would never be made today. Like it would never get made today. An R rated no B movie full of shot. gore and chaos and like smart stupidness, if you will. Big budget, big cash sheen. Okay, it's the sort of film that would was pumped out relatively regularly in the nineties. It's and one of the last movies does like not, it. Exactly. And does not get made anymore, which I think is a, a shame. Something like it gets made by Jason Blum. He figures out a way to spend $20 million. Well, that's The Shallows is what you're saying. No, I love The Shallows actually. Honestly, I thought, I, I thought not, The Shallows not, was awesome. But it's I'm not a, shitting it's on a, The Shallows. Yeah, it's a different kind of movie. But that's the Blum what's, house version. What's awesome that. about this movie, among other things, because like full disclosure, I think this movie is like 90% awesome, is <laughs> yeah. that you – Somehow they somehow yeah. managed to do a haunted house movie with sharks. What's well, Jurassic Park with sharks? Well, it, it's it's Jurassic Park is a haunted house movie. The whole the whole idea with yeah, a haunted sure. house movie is you can't get out of the house, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a haunted house movie with sharks, but that doesn't seem to make sense because we don't live in a place where sharks could possibly live. We live in different okay different atmospheres. Sure, I think that's really new and novel, and I think that's really. Really, part of the most 
okay. appealing aspect of this movie is that what's scarier than super super smart super sharks smart shark. who are actively raising the water to try to kill you? Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, yeah. I do. I think this. I agree with your original take. It's not so much that I disagree with you. It's that I can't really wrap my head around like why the it was people, made. Well, that how it was made. How they. Well, I mean, here's the thing too. At, which sort of folds into what I was saying earlier a little bit, which is that in the 90s we had sort of a run of these kind of ambitious, sort of slightly askew filmmakers that were getting an opportunity to make hard R movies with $100 million budgets Mm -hmm. and allow these filmmakers sort of all kinds of access to do things. I mean, I'm talking about Rennie Harlan, obviously, Paul Verhoeven with uh, Starship Troopers and and Total Recall. You got Roland Emmerich as well. Uh, Luc Besson with Fifth Element. Like they let these guys go, kind of make weirdly esoteric, very expensive action movies, mm-hmm. and they turned a profit and they were happy with it. But what we have now is basically removing all of the the things that make it interesting, all the esoteric kind of oddities that make those films special. And we've got them baked into IP and sort of slavish to fan demands. Oh, you're like, saying in 2017. I'm saying that today yeah. we're, we're sort of – we're in a very hollow marketplace with four stuff like this. That's why like watching this movie again, I was like, god damn it. Like I wish we had – even honestly, one of these made a year. I don't need them to make the 15 or 20 that they used to make in the 90s. But they don't let anyone do this shit. And it's just – it's a bummer because like I feel as though – this movie's like a lot of fun. I couldn't agree with you more. I I, I, I really couldn't. I, it's so. and, and, and we're not the only ones who are saying this. Obviously, no, yeah, yeah. this is like this is this is what basically is plaguing the industry right now. Yeah, two hundred million dollar totally superhero agree. movies, twenty million dollar Blumhouse movies, mm-hmm. nothing in, in the middle. Yeah. And twenty is probably high for the Blumhouse stuff. Yeah. So nothing in the middle. Yeah. Um, and they do. I mean, like. Unfortunately, like you can kind of blame audiences audiences for this too. There are some big swings here and there that aren't based on IP. I mean, Wachowski, the Wachowskis do it every four years. They always are they always are bombs. Well, not always bombs, but they have been for the last couple of years. Yeah, the the, the recent like Jupiter sending Jupiter giant cloud atlas massive. Yeah, but that was IP. Kind of a good yeah. movie, but I, I mean, I I love all the Wachowskis movies. I, I mean, I'm, I. I I don't disagree with. But they're you. not even the right. They're not even they're the not right even people the right, because they're, they're not the right animal. Because they're all yeah. They're yeah. almost an IP on their own. I agree. It's it's. I I agree with you. I really wish that instead of no giving, I mean, who who instead of giving Ryan Johnson Star Wars, which great, give him, give him sure. Star Wars. Let him do whatever he wants. Give him that. give him another hundred million to do another Looper, which yeah. is kind of this kind of or movie. or I would even go as far as to say like give the guy a, a deal where he can produce. A whole bunch of things. Like give the guy a boatload of cash to allow young filmmakers to do cool shit. Like we're just it's, – it's really yeah. disappointing to see an industry that's obviously incredibly lucrative. It's, it's rough. And, it's, and we're just like – and listen, I'm not sitting here and putting Deep Blue Sea up on, a, on some unreasonable pedestal here. I mean I see the flaws in this movie. There's stuff in it that's just ridiculous for ridiculous sake. But it's a really fun movie. It's, it's a solid like – 95 minutes too. like it's in and out it knows what it's doing it's having fun it's well we can talk about how much it, i mean that's the other question how much do you think it knew what it was doing in terms of i do like, think Rennie harlan don't, is i just is don't a, know if he's i just don't know if, if they're in on the joke or not but let's talk about that as we get more into it okay i i so i have actually spoken to Rennie harlan on the phone 
Not about whoa. I know this is yeah. Bury the lead. Huge name dropping here. All right. Wait, uh, no, 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 I, there no, no, no. was a. There How was did a, that happen? There, there was a brief moment when uh, there was some um, <clears throat> uh, asteroid crater volcano movie that he was trying to get made, or might quite frankly be making, mm-hmm. uh, and. My reps got me on the phone with him to do a rewrite on the script that was written of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, subsequently, I did not do a rewrite. And the movie might be great, and I'm certainly not saying anything negative about it. You read the script. I did read the script. Okay. Uh, and the script was what you would expect the Rennie Harlan volcano movie to be. Like a yeah. like a poor man's Michael Bay version. Got it. Anyway. Uh- <laughs> um, I uh, So... I read the script, I had notes, and I was put on the phone with Rennie Harlan to talk about said notes. And he was very like, very sharp, very witty, knew exactly what he wanted to do with the material, saw the fun and saw the, you know, the meta-textual elements mm-hmm. that exist. He gets the genres that he's playing in. You know what I mean? He's being given a sandbox and he's like, okay, so this is my shark movie and this is my – my mountain climbing movie, or this is yeah, my the volcano one Samuel movie. Jackson was in before the movie that was never actually made. Oh yeah, him hiking yes, the yes, Himalayas. Yes, yes. Yeah, oh, wait, yeah. no, it was the Alps. That was yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, that one, that yeah. one, yeah. So it was it was interesting to me because uh, <clears throat> I didn't know what to expect getting on the phone with him. I wasn't sure if this was just going to be you know a, a doofus action movie director that's like just give me a bunch of cool set pieces and I'll. I'll figure it out. He wanted to have like real discussions about like what these characters were doing and why they were doing them. And it wasn't flippant. And I think that that's an important distinction to make here. I don't think he's making this movie flippantly. No, you, you, so that's the primary source. You convinced me. I'm not even kidding. I I know. I know you're not. Yeah. So anyway. All right. So, uh, yeah, you want to, uh, so before we uh, dive into the the plot, here is a, is there any more context? I don't really, I mean, not really. I mean, Roger Ebert really liked it. Yeah, no, he did. you know, you. Re- I'm sure you read the review. He was into it. it was it's 57 percent around tomatoes? But I, I would, I would, I think that that's again comes back to I would it was say, not loved in its yes. moment. I, I would say most people who didn't like it have died, and most people who <laughs> most people Kenny's killed if them. It were, no, if it were, well, <laughs> he's worked only, his way through the only Paul, only Pauline Kale, but <laughs> for the 43 percent, he's just but, made his way through. Uh, it's his. It's his Aria's list. If um, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm just killing – you didn't like Deep Blue Sea! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. just chomping at him with a shark tooth. But Ebert liked it. You know, I think that I think that there were people that saw what Harlan was doing and then there were people that – and we'll get into this a little bit. But I, I, I really do believe that <clears> – <throat> excuse me, that, uh, that it lacked a central star that people could hold on to. I think that you and I right here could probably name 10 other names that – would have been around the same price point as a Thomas mm-hmm. Jane, which would have made this movie 40% better. Agreed. In both directions, too. Because you could have gotten a guy who's a little sly, a little, a little yeah. uh, funnier is kind of the right word. Like, like lighter. A, lighter. Bill Pullman. Sure. Bill Pullman would have gone in. Bill Paxton Bill, would have killed They him. would have both gone in and done the- Any of the bills. Well, both of those guys- <laughs> But truthfully, I mean, I think that I think either of those guys you could have put in this movie, and they would have just they would have risen to the occasion. Would have way more charm, way more humanity. Yeah, you know. And and listen, I I, I get that that sometimes you know you you're working down a cast list and people aren't available, and you're just like this guy or this girl's available, and they'll do it right, and they can get it done. 
And I just think that this was one of those situations where just wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like if even if you would put like a bona fide movie star in this movie, like if Sly Stallone was in this movie. Well, if Sly Stallone was in this movie, it would be considered a classic. If Bruce Willis was in this movie, it'd be a classic. Of course. But like I don't mean I know that's an obvious statement, but you understand what I'm getting at here. Like the pieces were there for this thing to be a gargantuan success. If he today today I mean maybe not today, but two years ago it's The Rock doing this. That's and that, exactly. And it's San Andreas and everyone who sees it is like, that's awesome. Because San Andreas was awesome. Sure. But like if you put a if you put a bland right. Thomas Jane in that role, it's the worst movie of all time. Right. You're making very good points. So, anyway. Continue. So uh Anyway, let's uh, – here's a brief synopsis for the people that have not seen Deep Blue Sea. And mm-hmm. if you haven't, you should go home and it's watch on Deep Blue Sea. It's on, it's on Netflix. Easiest thing in the world. It's a super fun movie. Uh, on an island research facility, Dr. Suzanne McAllister, played by uh, Saffron Burroughs, is – har- obviously – who you obviously know. Saffron Burroughs. The, the famous Saffron Burroughs. Fa- famous Saffron Burroughs. Uh, I'm not sure I can name another movie that uh, – that's not true. I think she was in Timeline. She was in like one Time of the, Code. She was in one other movie. You do that, I will find okay. out. Uh, so Saffron Burroughs is harvesting the brain tissue of DNA-altered sharks as a possible cure for Alzheimer's disease. When the facility's backers send an executive, played by Samuel Jackson, to investigate the experiments, a routine procedure goes awry and the sharks start attacking the researchers. Now, with sharks outnumbering their human captors, McAllister and her team must figure out a way to stop them from escaping to the ocean and breeding. It's good. They weren't outnumbering them. There were three sharks. Mm. Um, well, there were other sharks who weren't involved. There were, and there, there were bystander sharks. <laughs> Not script sharks. A, a, bunch of sw- a bunch of Swiss sharks were hanging around. But there yeah. were only three who were actually genetically engineered. Oh, that's fair. Um, still, like, anyway. the idea, I, honestly, they do some stuff in this movie, the sharks do, that make you think that their brain capacity actually was, was higher, but higher than the people, but... Also, they were playing like Michael Rappaport. <laughs> sure, sure. And sure. Old you could probably outsmart a Michael Rappaport if you're a shark. Yeah. But it's, I mean, they're raptors. That's what they are. You know what I mean? That's they the, are raptors. Yes, they're raptors. They, they're, they're better than raptors because all raptors did was open a door. They, well, let's not be throwing shade at raptors. They're fucking great. Op- opening a door was amazing. It's an amazing moment in that movie. But these guys like – These guys – Wait. If you haven't seen this movie <laughs> – Wait till you hear what these fucking sharks do. <laughs> Wait till you hear the plan they come up with. It's a pretty solid it plan. Is, it is borderline Lex Luthor <laughs> with the nuclear bomb yeah. on the San Andreas fault line. Yeah. Second San Andreas reference of the night. We're going for 10. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's the what, – what have you – did you find anything on Saffron Burroughs that we should know about? <laughs> She's been in more than three movies. <laughs> She, uh, Anything that we uh, she, should know about? Uh, she's apparently she's apparently a, a, a regular or a or a recurring on both Agents of Shield okay. or was when it was around. Sure, sure. Boats are no, in the jungle. Oh, so I mean, she so she is around. She was in something else. Hold on. Now I'm 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 feel like I'm not. She, doing you were right about what you said. Time, you say time time code. She was in time code. She was in something that I that I remember thinking. Oh, um, she's. Uh, Anyway, um, I, I, I want to say one thing about Saffron Burroughs. She's in Troy. She's not that bad. She's not as bad as I think. Like she, she as I think she, mm-hmm. she kind of reads, and she's truly gorgeous. Like, like I know she's a beautiful clo- woman. Like close-ups on her face. Uh, there's not everybody you can go close on. You know that obviously, right? Even like beautiful people, you you can't. There's just sure. a. It's a very hard thing to do. Sure, sure. To take up the whole whole frame. She's she's no, gorgeous. She's, she's, she's that she's that kind of like timeless beauty. So I, I understand trying to make her work. Sure. 
I mean, here's the thing. There is a tremendous amount of stellar casting in this movie, okay? I mean, Sam Jackson, L.O. Cool J, Michael Rappaport, Stellan Sarsgaard, they're all great. Mm-hmm. They're all great. Uh, it's really just Thomas Jane and Saffron Burroughs, and there's so much weight on those two roles that even if you had split the difference and you had cast someone stronger in either of those roles, I think you would have you might have been able to get out of this a little bit more unscathed. Um, just from a Thomas Jane or or and I what's the character's name in this? Seems Carter. Oh, Carter, of course, yeah. Uh, Carter is is sort of this roguish character that we're supposed sort of a Han Solo-y type, I guess. That we're sort yeah, of, I think that's. I right. think that's what they're trying to go for, and he just doesn't play that. Like he plays it very somber. I don't think he's well written. I really don't. Well, I don't disagree. Yeah, with you, I, but I, I, he's he's. But that's he's not where charming. Like, he's mean. Right. Maybe but that's right. where someone Maybe with great actor charisma come, yeah. could have come in and like kind of you know. He says something to Samuel Jackson when they first meet. That's it's a terrible line, but yeah. the delivery's so mean. He, he he says something to the effect of. Uh, sharks don't much like the taste of us, us being humans. Yeah, sure. Uh, they wouldn't even bite you unless you know they thought you were a seal or a rich suit. Now, Samuel Jackson is one of the richest people in the world. That's part that's of the, the idea. Yeah, that's one of the things. He wears you know country club clothes all the time on a dock in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, uh, as, like, one does. as you as you would. Yeah. As by the way, does. Sam Jackson's look in this movie is is stellar. The the like gray fro sort of gray glasses thing that he's kind of i don't know I'm, looks, I'm digging it no he looks amazing i mean like the, he's having a blast the black billionaire who is not the, the black billionaire who's just like there yeah not a character you see a lot no. pulls it off perfectly yeah. um Tiger. obviously he's great made me made me appreciate sam jackson the mm-hmm. way he commits to this role um and i'm also you know i like snakes on a plane i think he just this well, is this yeah. is his first snake on a plane type performance. But he also, I think, is excited for the twist for the audience. I think that there's he knows where this is going, so he's just given it a hundred and fifty percent because he knows that the audience is going to be like, "Oh fuck!" when the twist, which happens. makes me like him more too. Right. So I always really like I always like that Samuel Jackson put it out there when the when the prequels were announced. <laughs> I'll play any role. I just want to be in this because yeah. I'm such a fan. Uh-huh. And he got a role, and it was a consequential role um, in was. a movie that we will, at some point, yeah. do on this podcast. I'm not looking forward to that one. Well, it's a hard one. It's it just feels like it's been like the, it's been think piece to death. And I'm just not that into doing like Samuel Jackson's second best movie of a year. It's just who cares? Um, so here's the other thing that Thomas Jane and Saffron Burroughs have issues with, which is that they have zero chemistry. They are supposed to be. I guess, kind of romantically, there's an there's an illusion to that I think between them, X and the scene like, that they have together that's supposed to be the scene where we like fall for them and let it just it it's like an anvil, it's brutal. So yeah. the um, I kind of just want to skip to like the interesting part, which is the ending was changed, and that that informs. There's a couple things that were changed actually. Well, the well there were there were, but the it, Saffron Burroughs thing was a big change, and it. it if that was the original ending, mm-hmm. you would have casted somebody else. Yeah, of course. So that's yeah. that. But that also is kind of why. Yeah. That's kind of there, there's a difference between giving an interesting performance yeah. and then having a performance be interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to me that Saffron Burroughs was cast as and played 
a sympathetic protagonist. Mm -hmm. And the audience turned on that character so much in test screenings that they changed the ending for her her. to be killed by this shark. Now, I understand why that I felt the same way. It was her fault that that these these sharks. She should die for what she's done. And everyone else died except for a couple of characters. Carter and uh, and, uh, Preacher. That's it. That's the movie. So <laughs> next week we'll be there. <laughs> well, I mean, I, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But this, no, no, no. I think this is how we should talk about this. But this movie's a bloodbath. Yeah, and it, the, some of the greatest kills, and the kills never stop being interesting in this movie. Yeah, but, I know. but if you were going secret villain from the beginning, right, right, right. You cast Gina Gershon. You know, you cast someone else sure. who can yeah, pull yeah. that off, and it would be. But she's. They don't even. I mean, again, this is this was a retroactive decision, yeah, right. So it it obviously cuts the legs out from underneath the character. The character was not built up to be a villain. No, built up to be a, a sympathetic, built, built to hero be our, one of our heroes, yeah. a heroine of of some sort. And I think that uh, it, yeah, it's weird because the ending feels like she sacrifices herself to to essentially stop the sharks from getting out into the ocean. Uh, and and so the Carter and Preacher can yeah, get. She does. She, she cuts it's her a sacrifice. Hands, it's, a, it's a self-sacrifice. Yeah. So, uh, which which I sort of get. You know, what I mean, if she was built as a villain, we would have. You know, what I mean, she would have died. Like a uh, not a noble like death. A yeah. But so it's weird. It's a weird thing. I guess you're right. The audiences didn't want her to die. They didn't want her to die because they wanted. It was, it they didn't a, want bloodlust. It wasn't a bloodlust thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know. It was the right ending. Test audiences were right. They they were right. And I I imagine that if they had, I mean, this movie, as we said, was successful. Not a staggering success, but successful. I imagine it would have been far less successful had she lived. Because it would have felt forced down our throats. Sure. Yeah, it would be terrible. So let's let's walk through the movie a little bit, okay? For sure. We we open on a a 90s boat with some 90s R&B and a bunch of douchebags and some hot girls. On a on a catamaran, I guess that's what it is. No back, no <laughs> perfect entry for a shark. It's like you just see, you see that it's open just... back, and you're just like, oh, no, it's a terrible thing. So they're 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 having like a really lame like dance party or something. They're playing like it's just bad, uh, and the guys just look so nineties. They look like right right oh, at a like. I don't think you're right. I think they're the, the guys look like millennials today. They have the uh, haircuts. And they're no wearing tank. They're wearing tank tops. It's weird. I was. I saw it. I'm like, this doesn't look that out of place today. The girls are wearing a little bit dated, but the guys, it's like it's come full circle. Well, that, yeah, we're now it's we're now weird. 90s are cool again. So maybe that's why you're thinking. And that's fair. That's fair. Either way, we open on this boat. I mean, they don't know what's going on. Have you been um, to an Urban Outfitters lately? Uh, not that recently. Take a trip. It's bizarre. It's a. It's like it threw up our childhood on the walls, <laughs> it, and not even the good parts. Right. Anyway, so we're on this boat, uh, and they're you know they're they're macking on each other, whatever, and then someone spills a bottle of wine, which looks like blood, yep. and then we've got sharks, and they start like attacking everybody and knocking everybody off the boat, and it's it's the middle of the night, and we're like, oh, all these people are gonna fucking die. Mm-hmm. And what happens? But Right before someone's supposed to get attacked by a shark, a uh, like harpoon comes out of nowhere, yep. and Thomas Jane Han stops Han Solo's and stops these these four individuals from being eaten by the shark. Never a mention of it again, really. They kind of, sort of talk about like, ooh, one of the sharks kind of got out last night. That's yeah. kind of crazy. That's why it matters. 
Sure, because they're 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 getting smart and they're trying to they're trying to get out of this facility. Yeah. So I guess it's I guess it's not as as much it's not siloed off as much as I was making it. So. It matters a little bit. It's like I I think you nailed it. I, th- I think they're just trying to undercut our expectations. But I want I want to talk a little bit about the sequence just in the fact that like Rennie knows how to shoot a movie. This movie looks slick. It's it's shot by a guy with an eye. Um, and, and you can see it, you know what I mean? As we said, $82 million, it's all on the screen, despite what uh, you think. This movie looks great. I think you've got some great aerial shots. It is, the suspense is built properly. He does inserts really well. He punches in all, and punches out all really well. Like that's all he knows how to compose a sequence. That's true. Uh, it, that, it, that's all completely true. So it anyway. still looks a little cheap and that's because it's hard to shoot sharks. But I, I, I would argue that this movie does a good to very good job when it comes to the sharks. I think that, listen, there's some scale issues. Obviously, when you, we know when we're looking at a robotic yeah. and we know when we're looking at CG, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just what it is. But the CG looks pretty fucking good for the most part, I thought. I mean, listen, it's 99. It looks fine. It's no mechanical, giant mechanical it, spider. It, it but, looks, like, what can That's it be? actually true. But it, it, it does look fine, but it does speak to, like... How in on the joke was Rennie and, and you know, you've convinced me that he was very in on the joke. If you're in on this joke, it doesn't matter if it looks that good. That's true. Um, That's true. It just has to be effective and the scene where – now that I've seen it twice because I watched it twice. <laughs> the scene where it looks the worst is actually the best scene in the movie. When that, shark, when that shark pulls Sam Jackson in, it looks – honestly, it looks like a, like a shark version of – Robin Williams' genie going back into a lantern. It's not true. You have to watch it again. I've seen it a million – Kenny, I've but watched always, that scene a bunch of always, times. But every time you've been sitting there being like, this is the best death ever and you close your eyes or something like that because you're so amazed by what they pulled off okay. story-wise okay. You that can, you, you – You can dial it back a little bit because that's a little insane. I, I can watch you, that scene and know in my heart of hearts – that a shark did not breach out of the water and eat Sam Jackson. Well, at no point did I think it was. That's true. Okay, that's so if that's it, what it we're talking not, it was about, not, well, uh, I don't. That know. That seems to be what you're you're saying that this this was not photorealistic. That I did not feel as though I actually saw a shark eat Sam Jackson. That's not really what I'm it saying. It is what you're I, saying. I, I understand suspension of disbelief, but the point is, oh what God. the point is, okay. it was hard to suspend your disbelief when it looked so shitty going back to the water. But whatever. I, I mean, listen, I, I I think that it's done quickly. It okay. Is. They don't do it in a way it's that they great. don't. I'm, it's great. I don't, I, don't okay. worry about it. You're, You're right. right. Anyway, You're moving, right. moving on. You're right. Uh, whatever. Um, so now we cut to Saffron, Burroughs, and Sam Jackson in some in some like office building, and they have some century some, city. Yeah, totally century city. Yeah. They have some talky scene where basically they're like, "We don't know if we should give you funding for this experiment," and she convinces them with some badass monologue that she can do this, and they're like, "Okay, well." You got to take Sam Jackson with you, and he he'll be convinced as to whether or not we should continue your. The funding. content of that badass monologue was oh, yeah, some their family member or something like that. Everybody is getting Alzheimer's, <laughs> and right, right, right. if we don't, if we don't cure Alzheimer's yeah. with shark brains, <laughs> then then we will all get Alzheimer's. And you say that like it's silly. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't mean like. I, I what I, I I'm, a, I'm actually a very big fan hmm. of ridiculous premises. 
you 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 take your big yeah. buys with the premises, yeah. and you, you know, and then if there are big buys at the end, I get angry as you've seen over the course of this podcast. There's nothing about me more than a Deus Ex Machina, but yeah. big, wild, crazy premises. Yeah. Go, I love it. I do. I love and it. And this is what that. And this movie has that. Some writer. I wish I could. I wish I could um, say who it is, but it was a woman. Said uh, coincidences are great for premises and terrible for conclusions, and that's that's fair. And that's totally that's that, yeah. that, that, that's so, so. Either way, go crazy we have this with scene. your, she with has your shark crazy, brain. She's medicine. got a shark brain uh, experiment. Uh, she believes it's going to cure Alzheimer's, which it should be said is not completely divorced from science. Exactly. There has been there has been some experimentation on this stuff. Obviously, it has not gotten to this level. No. Um, but either way, Sam Jackson says he's going to go with her. Uh, and they fly to this um, – it looks basically like an oil rig for all intents and purposes. Yeah, Sam it's Jackson this, calls it Alcatraz on the water. Right. That's and that's what, what it is. It they're, like. they're in the middle of nowhere yeah. where they need to be. And uh, he talks about his past, which was that he was in some sort of mountain climbing accident. Mm-hmm. Where they got stuck in some sort of an avalanche situation, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. something like that. Uh, and there was definitely some eating He's of each other. Basically, in a live. Right. It was like a live meets cliffhanger. It was in a live meets cliffhanger. Yeah. 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 There was another movie going on when Rennie Harlan <laughs> made cliffhanger on yeah. the other side yeah, of the yeah, mountain. Yeah. yeah. That's where Sam Jackson was. And he talked about how I guess there was some sort of expose done about him or some sort of article about him. Yeah. He became famous. He's kind of like a Richard Branson type, is sort of the impression he's, that I get. He's like Richard Branson meets like. Those people from in thin into thin air, sure. Which that wasn't a great story. I think a lot of people died. But just <laughs> yeah, it's like, like a, it's like people. Everest. But if if Richard Branson went, yeah. And then yeah. um, you know, he, he eventually tells the true story. But right, so he tells the story, uh, and he kind of breezes past. He's like, yeah, yeah, it was cool. I'm cool. As he's flying into this, like, I mean, that's basically co- the sort of the <laughs> couple of little trivia things. Yes, please. That please. plane. Was used in Six Days, Seven Nights. I don't know if you saw that. I, I did see Six Say, Days and Seven Nights. Yeah, I saw that movie in the theaters it's too. Fine. I think the year before this, right? I think it was ninety-eight. It was your Armageddon was ninety-eight? Yeah, it was ninety-eight. Yeah. And then, uh, and that that Alcatraz on the water was actually built on one of the tanks that they used for Titanic. Titanic, yeah. So you know, it's interesting that two classic movies were. <laughs> Two classics. It's like you know, it's, 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 it may as well be the it may as well be the yeah. pool at yeah, Paramount. Yeah. You yeah, know, the Maltese we're, Falcon. We're, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> no. Anyway. Um, so uh, they're flying into this building uh, or to this uh, to this. What are we calling this? This um, facility. Facility. It's a good point. Good way of putting it. So we get there. Uh, not a ton happens at this point. We're sort of introduced to our characters. We got Stellan Sarsgaard, who's one of the scientists. It's just a bunch of scientists. It's, it's, tr- it's truly a pretty. It's almost the opposite of go. It's a pretty shitty first thirty-five minutes that gets really good. Yeah, it gets. And when it gets good, it doesn't gets, stop. It doesn't stop. No, it doesn't. But stop. It, it's there's yeah there's like a 35, 40 minute setup. That's not great. And, and not that important either. No, because these characters, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. don't pop as much as you would want them to. And they also don't stick around that long. So like well, – some, some, some more than others. Yes. Uh, either way, we're introduced to our, our cast of characters, a bunch of scientists that are working at this facility, Stellan Sarsgaard, Michael Rappaport. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know in what world Michael Rappaport is a scientist, <laughs> but we'll just – We'll, we'll breeze you past know, that. I, and with no disregard to Michael Rappaport, yeah, I think he's fucking I love, great. I love Michael Rappaport. I love Michael Rappaport, yeah. but I'm just like, he's clearly the comedic relief in this movie. Him and LL yeah. Cool J. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Michael, I mean, Michael Rappaport is one of the only people 
one of the only working actors that I honestly feel like I recognize from growing up in New York. Sure, he sure. reminds me of people from New York in a way that you know, you know, your Joe Pesci's don't. Uh huh. Um, uh huh. Joe Pesci may re- remind some people of people from New York, just not me. Michael Rappaport is the Jew who's into hip hop, and those are people that I I knew, you, right? that I knew growing growing up. So. So uh, we meet our cast of characters, um, and we're supposed to fall in love with them. I guess they have a party. It's a pretty, it's a pretty lame tiki party on the on the. Well, but we meet our characters. The and- DJ, of course, is Jenna Soprano. Yeah, which is kind of great. She's just <laughs> spinning the ones and twos. So I don't know what her job is aside from to be the DJ for some and then to party. die a pretty brutal death. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's when the that's when the I'm nothing yeah. against Janice, We're, but that's when that movie gets amazing. That's it's is awesome. it's amazing. So uh, we meet everybody and everyone goes to sleep or whatever. The next day they decide they're going to do their experiment and they bring in one of the sharks and they. This is sort of the stuff that I'm talking about in terms of how good this movie looks when that shark that robotic shark is brought up into the i guess you'd call it the moon pool if you will okay um for them to do the experiments on it that thing looks pretty fucking awesome it does it, it does really fantastic. does it, it's it it looks great so they do this experiment they stick a giant needle inside the brain of this shark and in your head or at least in my head i remember watching to the theater thinking like that looks painful. I feel like you might piss off the shark by doing that. Like you can try to strap it down, but this feels like a bad idea. Anyway, they pull a bunch of brains out of the shark um, <laughs> and they do this experiment and it works. Uh, it cures Alzheimer's. They see like within moments, they see it curing Alzheimer's. Like it's it's a miraculous experiment. Yeah. <laughs> it does it. It does it for I think the I think it was six point five se- yeah. six point five zero milliseconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know we we got some work to do, but yeah, it's yeah, like it's, it's it like Dolly the sheep. Sure, you know? it's like yeah, so, it, it matters. It's it's you know yeah, it, pro- it proves it proves that it works, and then eventually it proves that it works. Uh, and unfortunately, also the shit hits the fan moments after that when uh, this shark attacks Stellan Sarsgaard. Yes, and that's really our first shark attack, and it not, is you know, the beginning notwithstanding, gory as fuck. His arm is bitten off. He's just flailing above blood the above the elbow, flailing blood everywhere. This and, and this is sort of the first moment where you start to see what Saffron Burroughs' character is grappling with, which is that everyone's obviously freaking the fuck out because you would too, right? Your friend just lost his arm and you don't want this guy to die. Or, that, that, yeah, that would do it for me. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to let the shark go. So they're like, "You've got to. Re- you have to like release the shark." And she's like, no, 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 like we've got – and it's like this sort of – there seems to be a push and pull of science versus humanity I guess yeah. on some level that she seems to be grappling with. Anyway, they eventually let the shark go obviously uh, and they call a medevac to have Stellan Sarsgaard taken to a hospital via helicopter. Who would be so dead by this point? Way he, past death. He lost so, so much. He lost more blood <laughs> yeah, than people which, have in their bodies. So much blood in that first bite. Which is amazing. I mean, yeah. it's and it's again, like again, it's good looking blood. If you too, haven't seen this movie, that's the best. I mean, I, I think the Sam Sam Jackson scene is um, is the best scene and yeah. the best moment. Yeah, yeah. But that's the best scare for me. Like, oh, really? It's so unexpected. It is. I'm pretty sure I yelled "Holy shit!" <laughs> um, you got his fucking arm. It's Flint. amazing. They, you, another thing this movie does great, 
Mm. They let the body parts just hang around yeah. in the shark's mouths, you know? <laughs> so you got the you got the arm just hanging around in the shark's yeah, mouth. Yeah. And, no, totally. Yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 a real bloodbath of a movie. And it's here's the other thing too, is that that moon pool is so white that that blood just pops. It is just you know what I mean? Like yeah, it is, yeah. it's really the whole anyway. the whole room is very white. It's all very white. So they call a helicopter to take uh, Stellan Sarsgaard to a uh, hospital. They put a um, it's sorry, it's raining. So there's obviously, I mean, it's a it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking typhoon. It's just yeah. so they put a uh, um, an oxygen tank on Stellan and they strap him to the uh, to the backboard to the gurney. Mm-hmm. And the medevac guys come in and they decide – and they – so they basically lower – I guess you would say some sort of a wire. You you know what we're talking about. You know, it's like a wench yeah, sort of got, situation. They, they, yeah, they got to like they – they got to rope them up. Right. They don't they – la- I guess up. the point is they do not land this helicopter. They decide to lower this cable down, attach yes. him to that to – that, to the gurney and then wire him up to the helicopter. And that goes perfectly and that's – the end that's of the end, well, the end of selling. And- it was scary but then it was fine. Uh, of course <laughs> what happens is that uh, as they're trying to pull him up, one of the sharks grabs a hold of Stellan Sarsgaard mm-hmm. and pulls him under. Uh, in a great shot by the way, that aerial shot of yeah. him going under the water looked Amazing. So the shark grabs all the all the eighty two million. This scene. I mean, it sort of feels like it. This sequence is the money, though. It's. I mean, it's great. It's so good. Have you ever seen Cutthroat Island? Yeah, it's not good. It's just. Although it does have some great action scenes in it. Yeah, arguably some great action scenes in it. Yeah, I I don't really know why that movie became like the. I know it didn't make money, but so expensive that it. it, I guess it sunk a studio. Who did it sink? Carol Carl. Oh yeah. They did so many good movies. Yeah. So many good movies. Yeah. Like all the Verhoeven stuff. Sounds – I think uh, – uh, Cliffhanger they did. They did Cliffhanger. They did T2. They did T2. Yeah, they did the Schwarzenegger stuff and the Stallone yeah. stuff for about six years. They yeah. were killing it. And they just were like, we want to make the biggest pirate movie in the world with money. Gina Davis and Matthew Modine. It's so funny. I recently watched fucking <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean and I can't believe that movie brought the genre back. I can. It's a great movie. Anyway, we're not. This is for other people. <laughs> it's Can't just for it? other people. It's not for me. I'm That's never going to get into that. So anyway, uh, so the shark grabs Stellan Sarsgaard, pulls him under the water, and this is a great sequence too because uh, they hide the sharks. Okay, which is that pulls him under, and then the, oh, all right, I know what you're saying the cable in one of my favorite shots starts to tear through the, the metal platform yeah. as. They pull the helicopter down out of the sky, out of the sky and crash it into Janice's um, uh, air traffic control tower. Yeah, it's like a bird. It's like a it's like a bird's nest. And she she doesn't just like they her body gets like blown towards camera. They yeah. they really kind of they kill her in a pretty gory fashion. We now cut back to the moon pool, <laughs> and yeah. when you think things are kind of calm. You think that things you have calmed that, down like, a little you bit. You think like, it's like it's the worst. They don't is over. really know what's going on above deck. Ultimately, because they're underwater, so. we cut back down to the to the moon pool, and they see something coming towards them, but they can't really figure out what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then they quickly realize that the shark is using Stellan Sarsgaard to throw him through the glass uh, window. I guess you would call it. Yeah, it is. It is 
the, who the, is still alive because he has yeah, the air tank because on. he because of the rain they put yeah. an air tank on him <laughs> when he's still alive somehow. so they use him as a tool they throw him into the glass and they shatter it enough that he can see everyone he loves and they can see him <laughs> before he dies so weird because i i just for whatever reason in my yeah. house we always watch movies with uh captions sure 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 and the shark says in this scene fuck you <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> um I mean, basically, the, the, the shark. Yeah, it's like what he does. He's, I, I don't watch movie with closed captioning, uh, but oh. the shark. The shark is basically like it's, it's like such a fuck you. It's, it's literally like yes, you're like this as you swam by. Just like he throws, like, throws the bird. We neglected at the to mention yeah. that like like the other female scientist who's not Saffron Burroughs is like fucking Stellan Skarsgård, right? So and like, was. Pregnant in the first cut of this movie. I don't know if she was in this one, and I just watched this movie. No, 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 not the actress. The, the character was supposed to be pregnant with Stellan Sarsgaard. No, I know. Kid, I don't know if she was. Did they? Did they they got rid of it because Rennie was like, "That seems like we're crossing a line." E- Fair. Anyway, they're together. Either way, like, yeah, his like loved one is in She's there. She's crying. And she fucking in the smart. The, the yeah. shark spit shoots Stellan Sarsgaard. <laughs> Through the glass, he actually spider webs it first. So yes. there's like a moment of like where she sees him and she's crying, yeah. and, and he sees her and gets, and gets a yeah. not Penny's boat up there, and then it's well, just, a little bit, yeah. And then it just gets just it gets ex- crazier. Yeah, it from just there, explodes though. it, and yeah. and again we alluded to a master plan. This is part of the master plan. Mm-hmm. This is how brilliant these sharks are. Yeah. Can I tell you what the tagline for this movie was? Please. Bigger, smarter. Faster, meaner. All true. Sure. It's terrible. It's a terrible tag. It's, it's, <laughs> it's also a terrible poster, unfortunately, it's too. It's not terrible, a great poster. Is that even Saffron Burroughs? I they, think it's supposed to be. I think be. they got a random model who's not her. It looks a little bit – it looks it, like a Photoshop version of her I don't know, being like the mouth of some cliff, cliff – I'm sorry, some uh, clip art. <laughs> so uh, the shark smashes open the moon pool and, a, and a, you know, a torrent of water comes in. Yeah. In another great, awesome aerial shot where the whole thing is what, – what are you we're trying to show me something? No, I, I just uh, – so in a great shot where our whole team has to like haul ass and get the hell out of there. Uh, and I guess here's – so um, we should talk about LL Cool J. This feels like a good time to talk about him. Yeah. He was in this movie. Did we he's mention in this, that? He's in this movie. Uh, but weirdly spends about 90 percent of it alone talking to a parrot. You know why, right? Uh, I don't. No. Tell me, please. Because um, Preach or Preacher, yes. so he plays a cook. He spends a lot of time. Who's also religious. Yeah, a religious, a religious cook. He has a giant metal uh, <laughs> shiv-like crucifix around his neck that definitely won't play into the, fin- the yeah, no, that final sequence. It will not be a problem. It won't be, um, it won't so, yeah, he's a, religious, he's a religious cook, <clears throat> and he spends most of the time in the, in the kitchen separated yeah. from the crew. Um, he was originally supposed to be one of the first people who died. He was also oh, originally supposed to be played. Well, not that's not true. Originally offered to Samuel Sam L. Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, and he turned it And down. there was a second chef that would have been LL Cool J, but he turned it down. They made it one chef. And because Does this they movie dis- needed two chefs, it's a, it's anyway. a boat. <laughs> no, it's not a boat. It's a facility. Anyway, um, I know. Seriously, like like, like preach and little preach. So. Um, so preach on. Um, so, uh, so when they decided to make LL Cool J and they decided to make LL Cool J the quote unquote final girl because Randy Harlan liked him so much. Yeah. I thought he was really likable. He's fantastic. I thought he was so good in this movie. They had to build in 
more LL Cool J on the front end of this movie. So that's why he spends so much time away from the rest of the cast because those weren't in the original script. I mean, that makes sense, but it also, like, they are just vamping with this character for a lot of like he's really likable and i'm i'll spend the whole movie hanging out with this guy it telegraphs it actually telegraphs the end a little bit i'm a big fan of the final first of all i like a final two i'm a big fan of those not being the ones you expect yeah no absolutely i love jamie kennedy surviving scream you know i think that that matters to me um it's just it's a lot of like i mean truthfully his character arc is is bird oriented and not not to be but it, it really is. It's uh, like pre-bird death, post-bird death. Like it's not – there's just not a lot going on with Preach. And I, I read this in several places and it's actually like my favorite little <clears> detail <throat> of this movie. As we've mentioned several times, $82 million. Yeah. They couldn't afford a trained bird. Yeah, I know. They keep saying that over and over yeah. again. They couldn't afford yeah. a trained bird. It's they too expensive. They couldn't get one of the good birds from, yeah. from Hollywood. So they got two Mexican birds, mm-hmm. yeah. one who is good at – Flying and one who is good at perching, like we are from our purchase here in 2017. <laughs> but what, oh, <laughs> we're the yeah. two Mexican birds. <laughs> so um, that should be our hashtag. Two Mexican birds. Hashtag two yeah, Mexican birds. Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe. Do we have a hashtag? We don't have no, a hashtag. We're not even on social media. This is a podcast that is not on social media. <laughs> we're on media. social media. Uh, okay. So I, we can kind of skip ahead a little bit here because I feel like the next significant thing to happen is – I wanted to talk okay. about no, LL please. Cool J being the first hip hop, not hip hop. No, I'm sorry. I totally was going to, yeah, please first hip hop honoree at the Kennedy Center Honors. I don't really want to talk about that, but isn't that crazy? You texted me earlier and said I, you have a lot to say about LL Cool J. Well, I do, but <laughs> no, I, I mean, I do, but like the truth is, I liked him in this movie. Is your it, it's, head it's, like a shark's fin, though? Yeah, I love, I, first of all, like you, you want to, you want to put up, you want to put up songs. Deepest Bluest? Deepest Bluest against Wicka Wicka Wild Wild West. Deepest Bluest is a better song. Much better. Yeah, they sample yeah. uh, They sample. Although Marvin the music Gaye. videos are pretty similar. I, I, this movie, this one's so much better. It has synchronized swimmers. It's like brilliant. Synchronized, like, him in the middle of synchronized swimmers. Synchronized swimmers. Like, he, no sense. It's also funny. Ella Cool J said so much of his career with his shirt off. He's in a water movie and yeah. never takes his shirt off. Well, it's just I'm amazed by the fact that he says deepest bluest, my head is like a shark's fin. No less than 15 times at the top of the song. Yeah. It, but it is – It's a pretty good song. It is. Okay. It is it's, a pretty good song. It's arguably a good song. And LL Cool J has had one of the most amazing Hollywood careers yeah. you can have. Sure. He is still relevant, which is crazy. He's 50 and, years – 49 years old. And living on, on NCIS Los Angeles residuals. He's probably making – Mad bank. $50 million <laughs> so a year. So much money. Off just that, not to mention he's you know has yeah. all these hits that we know, and he's got uh, lip sync uh, lip sync battle, which is like which he hosts. He shows up for deal. you know for a half an hour. Apparently, yeah. Well, I don't. Yes, he does. <laughs> I, I don't mean that in a derogatory. I'm sure way. they just shoot. Like, I'm sure they shoot five in a day. That's what I mean. They bang him out. Yeah, yeah. He kills it. Um, and I just I can't get over this this Kennedy Center Honors thing. <laughs> I, it's ridiculous, especially considering the administration. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, not only I'm a little the, surprised. He's but. the youngest honoree ever. That's L-O-Cool interesting. J. He's he's sitting next to Norman Lear and Gloria well, Estefan. Well, let's just talk about Norman Lear for a second because he's 95. Right. He does the thing we do better than anyone has ever done it ever, and it took him until 95 to mm-hmm. get noticed for it. Yeah, well, he's been noticed That's here a little and there. Bit, yeah. But to get honored, here and there, he's anyway. Yes, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But L O Cool J. I love it. I love it. 
I, I, good for him. I don't know. It kind of it, it kind of makes me, it kind of reminds me of like when Dave Chappelle had John Mayer on Chappelle's show. Like, this is a cool white guitarist. People like, no, he's not. You don't yeah. know. You, you don't know what you're talking about, man. Like, is now obviously the <clears> white guy is saying like, is this the right rapper? But like, is this the right rapper? Okay, go ahead. I have not. nothing to say about this because I, I don't I don't know I don't know that world well enough. So I, I don't I don't feel that I. You it know. seems like. Well. It seems can, like it should be Chuck D. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Moving fair on. Fair enough. Uh, Stone if you had any guts, you'd put Public Enemy at first. But okay. Uh, this is one of LL Cool J's first starring roles, if I'm not mistaken. Hold on. Let me look that up because I'm curious as to uh, what other movies he made up until this point. Oh, he's in one of the great movies of all time. Okay. Toys. Oh, God. I, I mean, listen. I, I love toys. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're about to read a screenplay that's really going to speak to you. (laughs) (laughs) Who's it written by? It's written by Kenny Nymar. (laughs) (laughs) I I legitimately think Toys is sort of a masterpiece. I think it's insane. Well, last time you watched it? Recently enough that I can hold on to that. that I watched that I watched it in the last 6 weeks. I disagree with you. But he played Captain Patrick Zevo. He who is yeah. the cousin to Robin Williams and the son yeah, to Michael Gambon. It's weird. Uh, so he does Deep Blue Sea. He's in Any Given Sunday. I remember he was he was this year by the way. That's right. Yeah, we're going to get to Any Given yeah. Sunday. That's going to be another it's an Oliver Stone joint. It's interesting. Uh, he's, he's he's I mean, I don't know. He's not that young at this point. He's certainly not new on the scene. I mean, no, I mean, he does Deep Blue Sea. <clears throat> he does Deep Blue Sea. He does Any Given Sunday. He's in Charlie's Angels, but I don't remember him in Charlie's Angels really. Yeah, I'm sure he's just like wicked wicked wah wah wah. He's in Rollerball. Did you ever see the Rollerball remake that uh, they did? No, that's Chris Evans. Yeah. Another 99 All-Star? No, it's Chris Klein. Oh, sorry, Chris also Klein. Also a 99 All-Star. Chris Evans wasn't. Chris, yeah. Chris Klein. Is, that's what I meant. Uh, he's in SWAT. These seem to be. He's in Last Holiday. I mean, he's he's been in a. And listen, LL Cool J is great. I don't have anything bad to say about LL Cool J. Do you like that SWAT? Do you like that SWAT? Do you like that SWAT? <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that SWAT? I don't remember really anything about. I it. think it's great. Okay, I do. I, I, am, I, I believe great. you. I yeah. need to, maybe I should watch it. It's got a great cast. I remember that. It's like Colin Farrell. Well, it's Renner before he's anybody. It's Renner. Um, God damn it! What was who cool, else was in this? It's cool J. It's Cool J. Um, uh, who else is in that? Michelle Rodriguez, Sam Jackson. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. Josh so it's Charles. It, okay. And there's, so it's, a, it's a good, it's a solid, there's solid a, cast. There's a, and Olivia Martinez plays the bad guy, and there's an awesome turn in that movie, in my opinion. Okay. It just wor- it works. It's who like directed this, it? Someone who's kind of real, I think. Clark Johnson. Okay. There you go. Yeah. It's probably, I, I should rewatch a lot. Yeah. Um, so anyway, L. Cool J's in this movie. Uh, he's in it a lot. Uh, but he's in it alone talking to a bird for a good portion of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the bird is his Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's just a lot of – Well, ex- I mean except the bird obviously can talk back. Oh, that's right. The bird has some lines. <laughs> <laughs> the Mexican birds have some lines. Yep. Uh, I feel like they were ADR'd though. I don't feel like the birds actually said them on cue. No, well, we, I think we know that the Hollywood birds would have. But the, <laughs> the Mexican like... birds cannot – Anywho, uh, Stellan Sarsgaard also was kind of having a moment when this movie came out too. He, Good Will Hunting, Amistad, and this were all relatively close to one another, so yeah. he is having a moment. I don't know if his moment ever ended. Love that guy. I know. I think he's great. Yeah. Um, okay. So where were we? Uh, oh, okay. This is, the, th- this is the big moment. Okay. This is the moment that if you say Deep Blue Sea to a person, they're probably thinking about this scene. Our team – is are basically stuck in the bowels of this facility and they are going to try to find a way through the elevator shaft, it seems, to try to get back up to to surface. Uh, and they're stuck and, and Where they're... Where presumably sharks can't get them. Right. Yeah, I mean, listen, these sharks aren't super smart sharks, right, Kenny? Well, they're I mean, meaner, they're, they're better. Yeah, um, they're smarter. They're smarter. <laughs> um, so uh, they, they're in some sort of subterranean portion of this facility and there's a... They have some sort of I, I, submersible, I guess, and they're all going to kind of figure out ways to get out. Yeah, this. they give it like two at a time. Right. What? But everyone's freaking out. And Sam Jackson's like, I've had enough of this shit. It's time to get down to brass tacks. And he gives a tremendous monologue where he talks about how, you know, when he was stuck on the mountain and there were people dying up there and, and they had to eat each other and they were doing all kinds of fucked up shit. But like he was able to like keep everybody together and they were able to get out of that alive. And that's what we're going to do here. And then a fucking shark jumps out of the water <laughs> and eats him and takes him down. It's great. It's great. And it is – I mean, as you know, I saw a lot of these movies in the theater. 99 was a good year for me seeing things in the theater. This death blew people's fucking minds. They – I people were like – People scream. Oh, shit. And like clapping. The people – it really? was it, uh, No clapping? joke. Clapping, applauding. People were just like, this is the greatest thing ever. It sounds like racism, but um, But, – I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't really know what's Canada. Of course it wasn't racism. It's true. Um, It was a great (laughs) – it was a great moment. Like people loved it. And he dies exactly – basically exactly an hour into this movie. An hour into this movie. That is. It's an hour. I checked. Um, It's amazing. I'm obviously a huge fan of this. I love it. I'm a big fan of killing off the yeah. supposed protagonist halfway through a movie. It's the Janet Lee of our generation. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or probably the Drew Barrymore, but you um, point still holds. Yeah, no, well, <clears throat> Janet, I mean, Janet Lee's a better example because she's Janet, in the movie for she, a long time. She lasts a long time in yeah, that yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, another movie that did this right around then, kind of famously, is Executive mm-hmm. Decision. Oh, right. Steven Seagal, which. <laughs> to a lesser degree. <laughs> Um, well, I hear you though. I do remember. I've never seen Executive Decision, so I can't. I don't. It was a shock. It really was. 
It really was. I wish you could see the look on Kenny's face. No, it was. Right now. He's but still processing. I, well, I remember seeing it was the same thing, and I, I mean, I love that movie. That's my kind of movie, as you can probably tell. Yeah, no, I'm a big that's Michael Bay and fan, butter. and yeah. that's like a, a knockoff. Michael Bay will do it for me. That's why I like this so much. Who directed Executive Decision? Um, I'll find out. But okay. the I'll death find is out. Awesome. I'll find out. You keep talking. I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just race for it. I gave up. Um, so Sam Jackson dies and our audience and our team lose their shit. Everyone's just like, oh, my God, what the fuck just happened? Michael Rappaport looks like he can't even believe what just transpired. Everybody's just like, this is crazy. But he was also like, that was a really good storytelling. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> like, touche. Touche. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> um, Stort Baird. Stort Baird. Oh, OK. Sure. You I know, think that was a that's a that's a under siege. No. Sure. Yes. U.S. Marshals and Star Trek Nemesis. So, okay, sorry. U.S. Marshals was was I believe that was the fugitive, fugitive thing. Yeah, but, but he, he might have done. It doesn't matter. He's he's okay. an editor by trade and has edited okay. some sure. fantastic okay. movies. So uh, now our team is like, oh fuck, we need to really get down to brass tacks because uh, we just lost Sam Jackson and we're dropping like flies and these sharks are super smart. How do we get the hell out of here? And they go into the elevator shaft and the water's rising. So in theory, the water is going to bring them up to a certain level where they're going to be able to crawl out. But it's also water and the sharks can get into this water. So now our team is trying to climb up the side of this elevator shaft with two sharks, I believe, one or two sharks yeah. circling below them. I think it's two. The, the reason I'm L- sort of trying to lay this. You kind of missed LL Cool J kills a shark early on. Right, because he kills his bird. Yeah, he kills yeah. the shark. Like, as it says, you killed my yeah, fucking bird. He, li- he lights the shark on fire. Right. Too. Sorry, I didn't mean to skip No, it's that. fine. But that, so we start with three, we're down to two. We're down to two. We got, and I actually think, I take it back, I think we have one shark circling in this elevator shaft. I'm not okay, mistaken. that might be true. It doesn't matter. Either way, the reason I'm trying to sort of lay this out is because I think that, again, this comes down to Rennie Harlan's abilities to lay out a scene from a geographical perspective so you know exactly what's going on. You understand the players. You understand why you should be feeling suspense. It's incredibly well shot. It's very well laid out. And I don't want to get into a whole thing with you about this, but this is my major beef with Michael Bay. This is why I don't like Michael Bay movies, is that he doesn't have patience. He doesn't have any spatial geography. He does not give a flying fuck whatsoever. He is cool. He is cutting all over the place. It's just a bunch of like shaky cameras and explosions. He just can't sit still. And it makes for, for me personally, it makes for unenjoyable action sequences because I don't know where I am. There's no fluidity to the situation. It just feels like very pretty twisting metal and like, you know, over process. It's just, it's just not my thing. We can have a discussion about Michael Bay versus Rennie Harlan if you want, but I'm no, just, I don't want to. I just want you to go back and watch the shower sequence, the shower shootout in The Rock, and then say say that again. Okay. But I like The Rock. It's actually my favorite Michael Bay movie. It's because it's before, in my opinion, kind of the wheels came off the wagon and it just became sort of utter chaos. I love The Rock. I actually quite like Armageddon from time to time. I also love Armageddon. But I'm – and again, I'm not shitting all over Michael Bay right now. I don't think you are. I think you're you're making a distinction. They do two very different things and that's been – that's very clear to me watching this movie. Michael Bay would never make a movie like this. Um, Sure, because it's it's not bloated enough. He wouldn't know how to. It's – well, it's not even that it's not bloated enough. There's no reason for it to be a Michael Bay movie. Does, Does that make sense to you? 
Like, Ernie seems no, to I, think no, so. I just, so I know, that's I, fine. As long as there's Ernie no. Well, I mean, our producer. I, I think. Ernie. I think I'm when. Just, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Our producer Ernie. <laughs> I just. I don't want it to seem like Harvey the giant I, rabbit in the other. I room. think. Um. I, the, the point I'm making about about Michael Bay is he chooses really big canvases on which to play. You know, the entire world in no, space. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, Alcatraz in the city of San it. Francisco. Sure. Um, even you know. Bad Boys is almost entirely outside. I mean, the, the Island, which is a terrible movie, is you know almost. I entirely. tried to rewatch the Island the other day. It's, I can't write it's for not, that movie, but like I'm, I actually, there's a lot of stuff in that I like. But anyway. but I, I actually think the first Transformers is fantastic too, and it's all a similar like you know huge campuses, huge set pieces. Takes to place be clear, in a city. And, I don't take issue with the concepts or the scripts that Michael Bay decides to make. Like I actually think that I I get it. Everything you're saying makes complete mm-hmm. sense to me. It's it's the execution. I just don't love how he executes them. Well, the one that's movie, the thing that sort of the one movie he did do that kind of. I mean, I, I never saw the Benghazi movie, but the one movie that he did do that is a smaller movie, Pain and Gain. Pain and Gain, which fucking should have been a good movie and was unsuccessful. And it, it, well, I never saw it. Well, I think if you did see it, I think it would it would it would, it would buttress your argument. I think you're I think you're right <clears> that, that <throat> they do things differently. But he he had I think he had a hard time shooting a movie that was mm-hmm. character based. I actually just to be based. very clear. Again, not trying to like get into a whatever about this. I think that Michael Bay's issue, quite frankly, isn't even in his composition. He makes beautiful looking movies. It's in the editing. It's that he can't just let you sit on an image. He has to cut away from it a millisecond after it's been on the screen. So you're just – you're not able to really soak in what I honestly believe is top-notch production. He just – can't let you actually enjoy it. Uh, well, it's a real shame there isn't a Michael Bay movie this year. Maybe we'll have to do one at some point. But yeah, we could talk about Pearl Harbor. You want to talk about Pearl uh, Harbor? No, no, I don't want to talk about okay. Pearl Harbor. Not every movie's great, you know. Okay. But anyway, moving let's go, on. Let's go back to the director of Cutthroat Island. Long Kiss Goodnight, which is a great movie. Uh, anyway, point being, we're in this elevator shaft. Our team is trying to get away from this shark that is circling below them. The water is rising, bringing the shark closer to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Stellan Sarsgaard's wife, girlfriend, doesn't matter. She's on a ladder. Baby, it, baby mama and some other draft of the movie? Yeah. Okay. The ladder falls horizontally across our elevator shaft. So she is dangling from the center of this ladder mm-hmm. as the shark is slowly coming closer and closer to her. Now, this is kind of a ripoff of Cliffhanger a little bit, just in terms of the visual kind of Do construction I have a of it. play for you? <laughs> and apparently for everybody else. Are, well. So, <laughs> so uh, she's dangling and Thomas Jane dives down and is, is holding her very similarly to the way that uh, um, Stallone was holding the girl mm-hmm. at the top. Arguably one of the top ten greatest openings of an action movie ever is the opening of Cliffhanger. Can't think of anything better. It's phenomenal. Can't. I can't think of anything better. I, I watched that recently too. I don't think that movie's that great actually. But that but it beginning opens with is gangbusters. so good. It's so good it, it because does. it's terrifying. Well, it doesn't it, – he, he drops her. I mean, it's just like it just it, it, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, he drops her. Stallone does not save her. Not no, he drops. And that's her. an amazing thing. It gives you everything you'd ever need yeah, to start best. a movie. And not only like 
It looks really good. What's it looks it, like, practical. It's per, it's a perfect it's a perfect opening scene. I remember seeing that in the theaters. I mean, it came out in ninety three. I must I was eleven years old. And I remember watching that, and not being able to believe that it, it was a tremendous opening. Yeah. Um. And and he kind of apes from it a little bit in this death of Janice. Yeah. But uh, and Thomas Jane, similar to Sloane, is unsuccessful in saving uh, Janice, who falls into the water and is then <laughs> breached out of the water while being eaten by the shark. <laughs> And she is just—I mean, blood. It, it's it's gory as hell. Yeah. And she's screaming and flailing as this shark is eating her. It's it's great. It's great. It's great stuff. Uh, anyway, um, we then get to a place where Saffron Burrows does this weird thing with electricity. Do you remember this? Where she with the shark? With the shark? I think she kills one of the sharks this way, doesn't she? She does. She um. Basically what happens is it seems like it's she, – she's on this elevated platform. Yeah. She's right near the electrical yeah. wire. It's more like a giant cable that she's somehow able to physically yeah. break with her hands. Um, oh, yes. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. she also gets strips out of her, down – Out of her wetsuit. Yeah. She, gets, she, she strips down to her underwear and uh, I'm not – like I, I keep trying to like justify that because – Well, I know why she did it. Well, it's to ground herself yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, but it's but yeah. like so. I think it's the ground herself because I guess the wetsuit is kind of rubber, and what well, um, it is rubber. Well, yeah, and it would ground herself, but it wasn't like she was standing on metal. Like the whole thing just kind of seemed a little weird. But whatever. it was an excuse to get her into a, into a hundred percent an excuse to get her into a bra and underwear. But she, you know, again, as I said, I get it, Rennie. But like, it's a yeah. very ninety nine thing. You wouldn't you wouldn't do that in a serious movie these days. Totally agree. Um, I think. But who knows? I mean, I mean, Baywatch just your, came out. It depends so who on who knows? your filmmaker is at this point. I you mean, might. I was just talking to a friend about uh, Justice League. I have not seen it, mm-hmm. um, but apparently there's all sorts of upskirt butt shots of, uh, of really? Gal Gadot, which is disappointing because I mean, obviously that wasn't in Wonder Woman, but then you got like Zack Snyder directing Justice League, and it's like ass shots. Griffin and David would say it was Joss Whedon directing Justice well, League. Well, we'll see. We but, don't know. We'll never know. We, we, we won't. But did you, did you see that um, side-by-side of yes. Patty Jenkins' yeah. Amazonian women? It's rough. And Zack Snyder. So basically there's a side-by-side. It was going around the internet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's seen Wonder Woman. And they know, you know, the Amazonian women are obviously – they're not wearing a lot. Mm-hmm. But they're dressed like warriors. Yeah. They look like they're actually going to fight. Or they could maybe maybe ward off an errant spear in the stomach, you know, sure. because they're wearing leather there. Right. Um, in in Justice League, they're wearing bikinis. Yeah. And you know, it's it. Yeah. I mean, to in a weird way, that really hammered home to me mm-hmm. the need for a female for for a female gaze for almost Absolutely. any movie, but especially movies. Absolutely. Um, Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, but it's almost not. It's 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 one thing, and I think this is valid too. It's one thing to say that there should be more women directors, just because. Yeah. But another reason, but it's another thing to say specifically. Yeah. Men fuck a lot of shit up simply because we don't. Yeah, not know. just movies, Kenny. <laughs> Seriously, we don't know, and we we don't know, and we're um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to get too deep. Into I mean, it, I but. I think that it, it it reminds me of something you brought up. Uh, from Wild Wild West, which was the biling, bailing scene. Yeah. 
where we have that perspective of her flipping her skirt up, which is for no one outside of the audience. Like, the audience. It's just for the audience. And I guess that's – I assume that that's some of the shots in, in Justice League as well. And when you think about it that way, it becomes so much more fucked up. I just don't – I just – I have a real problem with this idea that um, – and, and listen, I'm not saying that, that nudity and sex scenes and all that sort of stuff doesn't serve some purpose from, from time to time. It does uh, from a character perspective or whatever. Um, and I understand that you know some people go to movies because they like to see – Naked people, which or by the which, way listen, is fine. more power to them, but it's when it's done in a way that feels pornographic, icky. and I, I just I can't pornographic. Really, it's I can't a, get behind to that. me. It, to me, it's a very simple line. We're gonna have if, lots of sex movies to talk about this year, Kenny. Too, by the no, way. No, I mean I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's a very simple line. If there's a, if there's a story reason for it, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I agree. If there's no story reason for it, yeah, no. it's porn. Nothing against porn. But yeah. no, I really I have nothing against porn, but that's a different category. And well, I think there's you're doing a different thing. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we will get into this in any number of movies that have sex scenes coming up in this series. But I will say that it's hidden or baked into character arcs more so than into plot arcs. So you do have sort of people that are that that our way of showing two people fall in love is by showing a sex scene, for good or for bad. That's okay so, too. Okay, no, that, that's perfectly okay, dude. It has to be motivated by something other than I want to. I see want to see two people. Two fuck. people fuck. Yeah, I agree. I agree um, again, perfectly fine if you do. You're sure. just watching something else. I love that this discussion was sparked by Saffron Burroughs taking off her wetsuit in Deep Blue Sea. Well, which I, I'm just no, no. I'm I'm being serious. Yeah. I just think it's funny that this is the scene that that got us here. But you know. well, because at this point of the movie, you're about maybe three quarters of the way through the movie. Yeah. I'm rooting – I, 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 I'm getting to this place where I'm rooting for this movie to succeed. Sure. Stick the landing. And yeah. part of that is not getting your you know, female protagonist naked for no reason. Yeah, no, part of that is if you want to get your female protagonist naked, yeah. come up with a pretty good reason. And they came up with not the worst reason in the world. Not the greatest reason either. It's, 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 cl- it's, it's clear fine. what they're doing, but whatever. So she grounds it's, herself. I will say too, just for what it's worth, it's a clever – thing that she's doing like she's killing the shark in a admittedly intelligent yeah. way so she gets points for that like the, the, the writers the, the writers and Randy get points for that um and she does and she, does. she kills she the blows up a shark i mean yeah. the uh, spider she kills this shark what movie is this uh, it's, it's <laughs> wild on west deep blue sea they're very very similar while we're dropping podcasts i did check in to see um if this had been done by how did this get made yeah it had been oh really they've done four about 90, this movie? No, four ninety nine. Oh, movies. what movies? This? Yeah, sure. Wild Wild West. Okay, fine. Lake Placid. Sure. And Simply Irresistible. Of well, all we're going to cover all of these. <laughs> of all, all of these movies are going to be covered. But that's not this show. This isn't really how, how did this get made because actually we think this is a good movie. Yeah. So, okay. uh, so um, Saffron Bruce kills a shark. We got one shark left. Mm-hmm. One shark we got to kill. Um, the king shark. The king shark, if you will. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now we come to actually queen because they're all females. We come to a point, and I'm trying to remember. The electricity is out, and they need to flip the breaker switch, or there's something to that effect, right? Because yeah. they have to get to that breaker that only Michael Rappaport knows where it is and how to turn it on. And then he's eaten by a shark in a great and, death. In a great death, and the shark just slams him up against the the breaker, which was the. <laughs> The only reason for because he knew, I guess. she knew. <laughs> I mean, um, 
But Rappaport sells it though, by the way, because Rappaport flips the switch and then he's so happy and he like gives a thumbs up, and then uh, we watch as he as he gets eaten by a shark uh, and eaten a pretty gory death too. His limbs go all over the place. There, it's a whole thing. Um, so now we're left to left with our with three characters left. We got Thomas Jane. We got LL Cool J, who I believe at this point has been reunited with our with I our think heroes. He has. And Saffron Burroughs. It's just the three of them. No one else is alive. Uh, and they are scared that this, if we're being real, pretty rickety chain link fence that's the only thing between uh, the shark and the open ocean is is well, not going to keep this shark in. Well, this is the brilliance of the shark's plan. Yeah. On the bottom, it's titanium. They can't get through that. Right, On right. the top, top it's, it's just like, metal. Yeah. But you, but But they would never get there. Right? That's not really to keep sharks in. That's to keep people out. Yeah, yeah. The, sharks, the sharks, by flooding the facility, rose themselves. the water level up to Smart. the point where they can break through this crappy – how did they know it was up there? I don't know. Because they're fucking smart, Kenny. Because they have structural engineering degrees. <laughs> so that's how smart they are. They just – They know trig. They, they, they did it not <laughs> – <laughs> they, just, they, they they got their GEDs. They yeah. locked on to the University of Phoenix, and they got their degrees. <laughs> so so we're now it's it's real ticking clock here. This is the climax of the movie, which is how do we keep this shark in this facility? Um, I believe well, it, slash kill it. Sla- yeah, yeah, sure, sure, kill yeah. it. Yeah, they're, they're not trying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe at this point Thomas Jane shoots it with a harpoon. Cool J. Cool J shoots it with the harpoon, yeah. and then he jumps on the shark and starts stabbing it with his crucifix. Yeah, more or less. Like he he shoots in the it, eye. He shoots it with the harpoon. Right. It doesn't kill it or something. It like it, it slows it down. In, yeah, it pulls him into the water. Right. He's going to die. Right. And he takes this MacGuffin and slams it into the shark's yeah. eye yeah. just just to free himself, which is really all that happens. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, because oh, right. Didn't he get the the harpoon like? It got caught on caught, something. Caught on I, something. Like that was – so because you, you're kind of on Ella Cool J the whole time. He's like, oh, yeah. shit. And then it's like unraveling, unraveling, yeah. unraveling. And then yeah. This – I will say this final sequence, kind of not great. Like it, the movie doesn't end on the note that I would love it to because you've had so many great action sequences and this one feels – Well, because the – yeah, the monsoon one's so great. It's so – I mean all the other deaths, quite frankly, have been pretty stellar. And now we're outside. We're in the sunshine. It doesn't look so hot. I don't know. I didn't love the the, the climax of this. And on top of that, had they had known, they would have built up the Saffron Burrows. Yeah. Yeah. Self sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is where yeah. Michael Bay would have done a better job. True. Because he be, be, because there. I don't know. I just think that would have been there would have been a way to build that up and use the soundtrack of the sure, score. Sure. sure. Um, and use the you know kind of. I agree with Opposite all of Magic Hour, the uh, you know, kind of the what would you call the first moment of the day, the dawn, um, true. The, the dawn, dawn hour, uh, in a w- in a way that really made you feel something, that really I made agree. you feel her sacrifice, because it could have been a cool moment. Totally agree. With but that. so uh, you're gonna have to walk me through this because I don't actually physically remember how they kill the shark at the end. Did they blow it up? They blow it up somehow. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's like I guess it's it's it's. it's Kind of similar. Basically, like she cuts her hand to draw the shark close. Yes, and then they kill him with like an electric, uh, electrified harpoon. Like, oh Thomas right, Jane, they they touch the they touch yeah. the 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 cable that's attached to the harpoon. Yeah, and okay. then they kill him, and then Thomas Jane does wind up shooting him, and they do like 
blow him up more or less. With and this, it's like, it's LL that kills him. Oh, it's LL that kills. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and Saffron Burroughs dies. She's eaten by the shark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Thomas Jane and LL Cool J uh, have a couple quippy lines, and then we're out. Yeah, I think LL. And then it's deepest bluest, deepest have, bluest. And then LL Cool J says, "Take me back to the hood." Oh yeah. And Thomas Jane says something to the effect of like, "Yeah." <laughs> we forgot to mention. Um, oh, yeah, L. Cool just from from uh, Compton. Yeah, I, I think he said he's from, from Compton. Yeah. He's also so good in that scene where he starts like he thinks he's gonna die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he starts recording videos for his yeah. kid about like how to make a perfect omelet. Yeah, like that. That stuff's actually pretty. Charming. It's pretty golden. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I we thoroughly like this enjoyed this movie, and El is great in it. This is why I this is why I, I like to not come up with my zero through ninety nine rankings until after we've talked. Okay, because I think my ranking is higher than I thought it would be. Okay, what just so let's let's for the for the first time, well, we'll the first listener. Time. I'm saying for the first that time, if this listener? is the first episode that they're listening to. Of course, of course. Can we explain the zero to ninety nine scale so that they understand what we're talking? In about? honor of the year nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. We rank all the movies yes. from a scale on a scale from zero to ninety nine, and basically and in terms of how they've held up, in terms of how we've how we liked them in ninety nine, and how they are now. Is that, yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's, or how it, we feel about them. It's now. how we feel about them now. Okay, that's right. It's how we feel about them now. I mean, basically, if I gave a movie a fifty, yeah, that's I, a five out of ten. That's a five out of ten. Okay, watch it or don't watch it. Sure, you know, that's not a sure. strong recommendation. Okay, um, I give this movie a seventy three. <laughs> Okay, you know, I I think that at the time that I saw it, I probably would say I that, that feels about right. 75 mm-hmm. is probably where I'd be. Um, this movie might have actually gotten better for me. I actually think that now in 2017, I might I might this movie might get over an 80 for me. It's not you don't need, this is it. This is your moment. I <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you, Kenny. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to give this an 81 now. 81. Yeah. It's a good number. I think it's a good number. I feel good about it. I think 81 is a strong recommendation for a strong movie about yeah. a stronger, <coughs> smarter, faster, faster, smarter, meaner yeah. shark. Yeah. I didn't know when you get smarter, you also get meaner. So do you have any final thoughts on Deep Blue Sea? Oh, there was the one thing I did want to talk about. Yeah. I want to talk about the legacy, which is, um, which is these crazy sci-fi movies. These, okay. these sci-fi networks. Yes, yes, yes sure, sure. These movies, oh, yes, the yes. Shark they're doing Angels, La Valanchula. They're also doing a they fucking sequel. They're doing a sequel. They're shooting it as we speak right now. So they're doing a Deep Blue Sea sequel. So yeah. the, it's interesting to me that yeah. there, there was a lesson learned from this movie, which mm-hmm. is basically you can take this formula yeah. and blow it out even farther than they do in this movie, or mm-hmm. even further, excuse me, than they do in this movie. Yeah. And stoned nerds yeah. will watch it at yeah. midnight on sci-fi yeah. and and love it apparently. and talk about how brilliant it is yeah i don't i mean i, I if i can be perfectly honest and i don't know because we haven't seen the sequel to deep blue sea and i don't want to but i have with, seen sharknado yeah i haven't um i don't really love deep blue sea being spoken of in the same conversation as sharknado because i'm and listen i don't mean to say anything disparaging about sharknado i get why people like it but I think that this movie is better than that. So I don't really want to see them so, do like a crappy sequel to it. I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's like, that's the, the so bad it's good crowd winning. So you're the – and I would also put myself here. Mm. The so good it's good crowd. Sure. So good it's What's good. What's the yeah. um, 
What's the positive legacy of this movie? The positive legacy of this movie, I think, is the Sam Jackson death, which people still fucking talk about to this day. Mm-hmm. I no, think that, that, for sure. I think that it is – I think it's a twist that people love and I think very few movies have the balls to do it. I think that that, that to me is definitely one of its legacies. I would also say too that it's, it might be um, Rennie Harlan's uh, sort of last real big success – in terms of – because I'm looking at his credits right now and I don't want to um, – he does Driven, which I actually – I liked Driven, the Stallone movie. Yeah. Um, but but from there, it, 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 it gets a little dodgy. I mean I – just in terms of the fact that it gets a, it gets a little straight to video-y. Um, but yeah. So I don't – I mean listen. I don't want to say anything bad about – about Rennie Harlan because he, he was very nice. But uh, this was kind of – Driven was, I guess, Driven was the last big swing, the last big studio swing that he did. And that was 2001. So it's, it's, um, it's been a while. I th- I'd love to see the guy get another, uh, another crack at it. Yeah, and I'd like to see um, what we discussed in the beginning. Yes. I'd, I'd like to see more movies yes, like this movie with Ugh. some budget. Um, just ex- – I know. Exploring different things and different ideas that I've never been. You know, we've had the discussion about IP before among, yeah. amongst ourselves, and it really is. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with IP in and of itself. Yeah. But as the only thing, yeah. How can you take an entire medium and say no new ideas? Yeah, I. I we're just it, there's such a dearth of this. We're, there's so few good things being made right now. R-rated. Hundred million dollar movies with stellar casts. Like there's just there's very few filmmakers that get those chances right now, and it's it's pretty disappointing. So you know what a movie weirdly like this is mm. that that is a that that is that a bigger budget okay. movie, not based on IP as far as I know. John Wick. Yeah, but the the budget on those things is pretty small. I mean, it's getting bigger now. Well, now, now it's a franchise, count, but. John Wick was, yeah, I mean, yeah. But I guess that's it. What do you get? How much money do you think John Wick, the first one? Yeah. How much it cost? Yeah. I want to say 40. That sucks that you can only get 40 million for Keanu Reeves. But I could be wrong. Script. Is it 40? I know. I'm, I'm trying to find it. Oh, it's, it's lower. 30. There you go. That sucks. So it's. The best you can do for John Wick. They deserve all their success. Apparently. And uh, next week. On podcast like it's nineteen ninety nine, we're going to be doing um, an, a movie uh, that could be more of a movie, a flick, not yeah, a film. It is uh, definitely a flick. We're doing a flick next week, guys. It's American Pie, <laughs> um, the White Brothers, nineteen ninety nine classic. That's indisputable. It's a classic. Is it? What, I think that's disputable. Anyway, no, it's definitely a classic. Porky's is a classic, right? Right. Doesn't we, mean, we got different definitions. It doesn't of mean classics. you have to love it, but like this movie is endured. It has endured. Um, <laughs> it actually does get. I believe that when when people talk about the 1999 movies, yeah. it is one of the movies people talk about. Absolutely, as it was a, a huge movie, huge movie, a huge, movie, huge yeah. cultural cultural moment. Yeah, yeah. 360 sequels, half direct to DVD. Yeah, yeah. 400 careers launched off of it. 399 careers faded off of it. Um, it, it's, it's a big movie. It's, it's, it has a big cultural imprint, yeah. even though it is actually a really small movie. Yeah. And, uh, I think we had a great discussion on it. I think we had a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you guys will think so too. Rate, review, subscribe. Thanks for you listening. Do all those things. I'm uh, PM Iskov, I S C O V E, on Instagram and on Twitter. At Nybart, N E I B A R T. Yeah. We'll see, see you next, next week. week. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.